you know, one of the conversations you and I've talked about before, like emerging hospitality brands, I think this industry is just primed to start producing them. Um, you, you have your Wanders, you have your Romies, you have your Saunders and Vacasas, but, you know, I think the vacation rental sector is really going to start producing a Marriott. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstanius, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstanius.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. Hey friend, so I wanna get real with you for just a quick second here, okay? So my wife and I decided it was time to take a risk and for me to leave my day job as head of growth at a marketing agency and go all in on Spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. This is both incredibly exciting and also terrifying. Um, it's exciting because it means I'll have way more time to make the show better and to spin up new products and services designed to help you grow your hospitality brands and short-term rental businesses. And it's terrifying because I'm saying goodbye to a nice paycheck and health benefits and 401k match and yada yada. Oh, and did I mention that we just had a kid and who's just two months old? Yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting time. Okay, so here's here's the ask, all right? In order to grow the show and increase the value of the content we create, we need the support of our advertising partners. Now, trust me, I know how tempting it is to just skip through podcast ads. I feel you and I'm a culprit too, okay? But it would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to write an email to the guestie team or DM them on social media and just thank them for being a behind the stage sponsor. Perhaps you have a PMS system already or perhaps your short-term rental business is just getting started and you don't need one of the dozens of incredible features and offers that their software provides. And that's all a-okay. But if you just take a quick second to thank them for being a sponsor on the show, what you're really doing is you're really saying, hey, I like the show. Thank you for helping it continue. And thank you for making Zach uh, be able to spend more time making the show even better for us. So this will also just help uh, prove to my wife that this quote unquote podcasting thing can be more than just a hobby. So if you don't mind pausing the episode that you're listening to right now and scrolling down to the show notes to find guesties social handles and their marketing team's email address and shooting them just a quick message, thanking them for advertising on the Behind the Stays podcast, I would be so grateful grateful. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Will Slickers, founder of Hospitality FM, the largest network of hospitality focused podcasts. Will is also the co-founder of Recreation Rentals, a boutique collection of vacation rentals with luxury hotel like operations. While working as a hotel manager in the Pacific Northwest, Will started a podcast called Slick Talk, a show that explores the dynamic nature of the hospitality industry, from short-term rentals and boutique hotels to Michelin-star restaurants and five-star resorts. Now, this show that Will started as a fun side project, well, a lot of people liked it. And before too long, Will quit his day job as a hotel manager and decided to build a niche media company dedicated to the professionals in the industry. Tune in to hear the inspiring story of how Will founded and scaled Hospitality FM into the leading digital professional development space for hospitality entrepreneurs and what his hot takes on the future of the industry will look like. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Will.
All right, Will, we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? It's a beautiful day. I can't complain. I'm excited. Last minute scheduled podcast, which is great. Yeah. So thanks for uh, th- thanks for inviting me to the show, dude. I I am like super excited about this because for those who who are tuning in, a few uh, I guess it's been a couple months now. I talked about joining uh, a network and that network being Hospitality FM. And Will, the voice on the other side of the microphone, is the founder and CEO of Hospitality FM. So this is like a real treat, man, because. It's not every day, one, I get to talk to a podcaster, and then two, that I get to talk to a podcaster who is doing just some like really cool and innovative stuff in the space that we'll, we'll unpack shortly here. But thanks for making the time, man. Yeah, of course. I love your show and the whole just like NPR vibe that you bring to to the industry. Maybe not NPR, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, now Guy Raz. Guy Raz. Guy my, Raz. My there idol, we go. My idol. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, who is from NPR, um, but has that that show, How I Built This, man. Yeah, he's yes, he's a true inspiration, man. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know, I the, I should just say to the list, to the listeners, I'm like recovering from a cold, which is why I have this really cool like smoky voice, dude. Are you one of those people? Like, I love the sound of people's voices when they have like a cold. Like, I don't know, it just adds like this like level of complexity and uh, sophistication or whatever. Um, so. Anyways, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, Will. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm maybe not after a cold, but when I've been talking for a long time, whether it's a bunch of recordings or in a bunch of meetings, at the end of the day, my voice just gets to a certain level. I'm like, this this would be cool. You know, this would be a cool voice. Yeah, sounds like I'm I'm a little worn out and a little rugged. Been been around the block a couple yeah. times. Yeah. You know, just yeah. So, but nah, nah. It's uh outside of that. Yeah, I, I hate being cold, so I. I feel what you're going through and you know may you recover quickly thank you man yeah it's uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know what it is but it's the first time i feel like i've been sick in a little while so it's like oh dang i feel like when you get sick too like the first day after when you feel you know better again you're like oh my gosh why do i take health for granted right um yeah so i can't wait hopefully that day that day for me is tomorrow but um but uh, I, I digress, dude. I am. Uh, we've got loads to talk about today, so I thought uh, it would be it'd be fun to really start with you. You got your start, Will, in hotel management, and I think that there's just a lot of perspective that you can bring around um, what you've learned as you've sort of like you're still super young, so as you've like grown up in the industry, right? Yeah. Like you you um, have have amassed quite a, a few learnings, I'm sure, and because of your role at at HFM. Um, you, you're also, you know, uh, uh, owner and operator of your own um, vacation rental portfolio, which we can dive into um, as well. So you just have this, again, this like wealth of knowledge that, I, that I'm really excited to, to dive into. But I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of kickstart our conversation by hearing like a story uh, about mm-hmm. your time as a hotel manager and like bonus points if, if it's a story that you've like never told to, to anyone else before. For sure. And there, there's one story that kind of comes to mind. It's more of a heartfelt. I usually would go with like, I've asked, I've had people ask, you know, what's the dirtiest like guest you've had or something gross that you found in housekeeping or whatever that might be. But this one's like on the hospitality heartfelt portion of the stories. And when I was a hotel manager out in Seaside, Oregon, I was the kind of the short end of the stick in the sense my whole team was married, had kids, had a life outside of work. I'm 
single, no kids, no life outside of work. So I'm working the holiday shifts and we had a bunch of great families and guests checking in and it was a little busy. We were short staff. People were taking time off and not short staff in the sense of lack of employment. It was just everyone, you know, they yeah, get they're holidays off, the holidays, off and, yeah. Yeah, and that's why managers step up because you're on salary. You, you don't get holidays, really. Yeah. And uh, I remember this awesome family uh, to kind of also set some back tone. I started out as a front desk agent with Marriott at a 700 plus property. Um, got my way. So I, I have a couple of guests that were repeat guests at that hotel that I still talk to to this day, which wow. is like seven or eight years later. Um, and then when I got moved into management and went to the boutique side of things and when I try to continue that, even though I wasn't at the front desk as often, and, and this is one of the families that I've still stayed in contact with. It's been a couple of years, and um, I remember them checking in for this little girl's birthday, and it was also around uh, Thanksgiving. So, okay. grandparents came in, family came out, little sisters with them. They're all they're all there, and this little girl at check in was just like, I have. Um, I'm the seventh child of seven. I have five sisters and I have 13 nieces and nephews. So I'm very much used to being around kids and family and all sorts of stuff. So at check-in, this little girl, just without hesitation, is asking me questions, telling me about her day, random things of her life, just whatever. And I was blown with the conversation and asking yeah. her stuff. And her mom was like, thank you for being so nice. Like she's a chatty Kathy and you know, we, we understand you have work to do. And I was like, no, this is hundred percent my job before anything else. Like, yeah, getting you checked in, making sure you're all is good is part of my job, but the conversation, the relationship, that's the most important piece. And wow. the long story short, it was right around um, the holidays again, like I said. And so I went, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go, it's her birthday. It's almost Christmas. I'm going to go buy something from like the gift shop down the road, which is uh, a little local seaside kind of like tourist gift shop. And just see, you know, leave it under the Christmas tree in the lobby for her for the next day and let her kind of like have that Christmas moment. Yeah. Cause I think they weren't going to be with her grandparents and stuff. So just took the opportunity and and got her a little stuffed animal, wrote a note, got the team to sign it that was there. And and then the, that night stuck it under the tree and came down. And I was working the morning shift part of the for the hotel that next day. I was like, hey, Hazel, I heard that some extra presents were dropped off last night. <laughs> and I like, kind of got to like build up this anticipation of like, what is going on? And a couple of us came out and we we gave, we told her to go look under the tree and and she got to open up these presents and her parents and I like were just talking and just like how uh, it was a special moment yeah. in, in, in their life. And they came back year after year from that moment and just to spend the holidays with us at the, the property I was working at. And so not to ramble on too long, but that's one of my favorite stories. It's kind of one of the reasons why I'm like, yeah, hospitality. I love those moments. Yeah. I love those stories. I've never shared that with anybody. So dude, I love yeah, it. I love it. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful story. And like talk about like going, you know, above and beyond and, and really sort of like surprising and delighting your guest. Um, I, that's 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 wonderful. Um, props to you, man. Well, now I've learned that you know if I'm going to be traveling uh, around the holidays, I need to find a hotel that wills that you know connected to, and or <laughs> you know stay in an Airbnb that will owns, uh, just so I can have um, uh, you know a, a Christmas surprise myself. Um, so 100, percent we'll set up the tree for you. We'll get all the cookies and milk ready for Santa. Yeah, uh, I love it. Great, I love it. <laughs> There are three questions that I get asked all the time by listeners of Behind the Stays. 
Number one, Zach, are you trying to imitate Guy Raz from NPR's interview style? Number two, Zach, do you really spend a dozen hours each week looking for the best Airbnb deals? And number three, Zach, is Guesty for Hosts really worth checking out? Well, friends, the answer to all three of these questions is, of course, yes. While there are many property management softwares on the market, I always encourage our listeners to check out Guesty for Hosts. Guesty's channel manager centralizes reservations across Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com to stay on top of your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels. Guesty's automation tools enable you to connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. And Guessy's new and improved website builder allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, which allows you to grow your brand and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty is positioned well to grow with you. As your business grows, you can grow with Guesty for Pros by unlocking new features and offerings designed for larger portfolios. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking at exploring a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and spontaneous subscribers $20 off an annual or monthly plan for Guesty for hosts when they use the discount code SPONTANEOUS when signing up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. There's no setup fee. Uh, there's no commitment. So try it out and cancel anytime if you don't love it. Guesty for hosts. They're the bestie of top-rated STR super hosts. All right, folks, back to the show. Well, dude, I, I do want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about Hospitality FM because I think that the idea is is super interesting. And um, I, I obviously like took my show and and, and um, brought it into your network because I really believe in what you're building. And I think it's a, it's a super cool model. So for, for listeners um, who, you know, love behind the stays but might not even be like aware of like other shows um that are that are in your network um you want to just talk a little bit about like the story behind why you started hospitality fm and like where the idea came from yeah for sure and it's it's kind of a a story of divine timing i kind of like to call it because i had the idea with a group of buddies during covid that were all podcasters in different parts of the world from australia to london to the states and I quit my day job as a hotel manager December 27, 2019. So right before COVID. Wow. Uh, COVID was crazy. I lost all sponsorship, all my guests, like all the things that make a podcast, you know, like successful. You're like, yeah, we're, we're doing this thing. Yeah. And thankfully, I was part of the National Guard. So I got activated for federal orders to do the testing sites throughout the state. So that like income kept me going for when the world did kind of start to figure out like what is covid what are we doing how do we handle this kind Dang. of move forward wow yeah so it was crazy but shortly after that me and the these this group of buddies were like hey we should start a network we all collaborate on each other's shows we have growing audiences similar kind of um kind of core values when it comes to the content and what we're doing and it just didn't work i bought the domain hospitality.fm we are still great friends. I still talk to these guys every quarter or so, but it was just like, Hey, consulting businesses started taking off our vacation rental management company launched like all this stuff. Yeah. And so I just, I just put it on the back burner. just kept doing my podcast. Just kept going. But at VRMA. And, and, and sorry. Well, and sorry. Will go ahead. Yeah. The, yeah. the, pod, the podcast that you're referencing, this is, this is slick talk, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I should uh, probably give a little bit more detail there, but yes, yeah, slick talk, the hospitality podcast was what, I used to get out of my hotel management job and and start going this route, which okay. was uh, yeah, which was fun. I was I was a hotel guy. I was having a lot of cool conversations, and um, 
my parents exposed me to short-term rentals, which hence then I was like, oh, we could do this. Like I know how to operate a property and all we need is some, and the, in my opinion at the time, especially today, the vacation rental industry has way better tech yeah. for operations and softwares than hotels do. <laughs> hotels are getting better. There's great companies out there now, but um, just from what I saw from hotel management, all the issues that I was running into, dead door locks, broken keys, cards that don't work, annoying lines at the front desk, all this stuff, vacation rentals get rid of. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, getting into 2021, I went to VRMA at uh, in San Antonio. It's a big vacation rental management conference. And I remember meeting everybody from the podcast, whether they were sponsors. This was now like the show came back. Uh, COVID was kind of... Um, becoming a normal thing. We yeah. all learned how to handle it. And I started getting more sponsorship and more guests and all that other stuff. So things came back at the conference. And I just remember meeting all these people that I'm like, man, I've met you in 2018 or 2019, 2020, all those crazy times. And we're all just in one room. And I remember on one side of me I had a line of people saying, we want to sponsor your show. And we have a lot of money to throw at you. And then we, on my right hand side, had a line of podcasters that say, how the hell did you do this? Yeah. How do I streamline my operations? What equipment do I get? How do I produce? Can yeah. I pay you to produce? Like, how do you deal as, do a sponsorship deal? So then I was like, hospitality.fm, that that domain that I bought, should probably put it into use. Let's create a network. I was making enough money. I was self-editing, self-everything for my own show, but I was making enough money. It's like, I could definitely hire someone to start editing other shows and yeah. do, doing this type of stuff that I don't, I don't want to be bogged down with. Um. So that's kind of the idea of Hospitality FM. We signed six shows pre-launch, got everything worked out. And then from there, we we went from six to 10 to 25 to 30. And now Jeez. we're at like 35-ish, give or take. I'm not 100% sure on that yet, but... Yeah, that number. It's funny every yeah. every time um, since I'm you know I'm newer to this space and, and whatnot and for for the listeners too you know there's uh, a lot of the popular if you listen to another hospitality podcast another short term rental podcast chances are it's uh, a part of uh, Will's network um, that he just has he, uh, a wealth of them um, and I, I remember like tuning into some podcasts uh, like Natalie Palmer has a great show called like No Vacancy and yeah. um, uh, Michael Sorgen's uh, podcast which the name is escaping me now what is it what's that? STR Secrets STR Secrets thank you. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and I was on both of those or I was on uh, STR secrets and, and whatnot. And anyways, it was so funny being like, Oh wait, you're a part of Will's network. You're a part of hospitality FM. And it's just been, it's been really cool to see like what you've built and, and really yeah. sort of like the diversity in, in topics and, and, and creators and whatnot. So, um, yeah, if you guys are looking for additional content, uh, outside of behind the stays, we've got a plethora of, of great shows that are part of this network that I, that I couldn't, can't, uh, recommend enough. Um, well, I, I do want to, talk a little bit about sort of like general hospitality trends, maybe even like outside of short-term rental. So again, the people that For are sure. listening to this conversation are awesome short-term rental hosts. Many of them have, again, done the hard work of building exceptional brands, building remarkable audiences on on Instagram, uh, primarily also also on TikTok. Um, but they, you know, they might still sort of be new, newish, if you will, to sort of the greater conversation around mm -hmm. kind of growing a, a portfolio of short-term rentals, or they might not even, you know, identify for First and foremost, as STR investors, right? They might identify more so as as hospitality entrepreneurs or as yeah. you know hosts who've done this remarkable job at you know designing these exceptionally unique stays that hundreds of thousands of people like you know follow on Instagram. So, um, 
I'd love for you to just share from your perspective, like what are some like grander trends that you think are are really sort of like shaping the future of of the hospitality industry uh, uh, as we know it today? Well, the first one thing I will start off with saying would be, I think there's a big, big difference and a huge line that there's a yeah a big difference between a real estate investor who buys properties for short-term rental usage versus a host or an operator who goes in. And I love how Natalie Palmer kind of breaks this down into kind of quadrants. Quadrant one is a purely investor, passive income, not looking to be a part of the day-to-day, doesn't really care about like, you know, hospitality aspects just cares about what numbers and data and revenue is this property going to generate Yeah. versus in like quadrant two, it's a little bit of both. Like you're an investor, but you care about how, you know, your property is reviewed because you know that ties to, to revenue X, Y, and Z. And then quadrant three is like, I don't care if I don't make a dime from this. I just love hel- helping people. I want to be the most hospitable host or operator I could be, you know, make memories, that type of stuff. Yeah. So there's a, there's a big, big difference between the two. And I'm very much like Hospitality FM, myself, we don't, we're not like real estate investors. I can't tell you, you know, uh, cash on cash returns and all this other things with like AirDNA data and whatnot. Like I can tell you the AirDNA data from occupancy and RevPAR and what that looks like as an operator and a hospitality brand. But as a real estate investor, that's just not my, my, uh, my key area. Yeah. So what I'm seeing though, this, this big shift I think a lot of people that do get into real estate investing as a passive income outlet do realize whether they have the operator or they operate themselves that they have to be hospital like hospitality focused. Yeah. So creating a brand, I'm seeing a lot of people that get started on Airbnb start to realize like, hey, we should, you know, create like a logo and like a company and what this looks like if we wanted to grow into maybe a boutique hotel or multiple properties throughout one region and and kind of build some density in the market. You know, that type of stuff. And I think, you know, one of the conversations you and I have talked about before, like emerging hospitality brands, I think this industry is just primed to start producing them. Yeah. Um, you you have your Wanders, you have your Romies, you have your Saunders and Vacasas. But, you know, I think the vacation rental sector is really going to start producing a Marriott and a Hyatt, kind of like what, again, what we talked about. So, yeah. um, futuristic things, but that's just kind of an overall trend. And the the opposites are are happening. A funny thing from 2020, hoteliers were shut down because regulation and no, well, not regulation, but more of no one wanted to share a space with other people in the sense of lobbies and yeah, elevators, yeah. And, you know, all that stuff. Short-term rentals became the primary market for any type of travel, any type of guest. Um, any type of vacation, any, any stay was a short-term rental. Yeah. So then you had like the bickering of like hoteliers being Airbnb sucks, short-term rentals aren't professional. We provide a better service, but we're making zero dollars right now because we're closed. Short-term rental operators saying hotels suck. They're old. No one likes them anymore. Uh, we we provide a better, unique experience and stay and all this other stuff. So everyone sees the pros and cons of vacation rentals, hotels, X, Y, and Z. Now, 2023, I think we're seeing the opposite. Mike Shogren being one of the first people I saw in a public setting go from STR operator of 60, 70, 80 homes to now straight up just wanting to go after boutique hotels and applying the same systems and tech to that space. And 
Now you have moteliers, hoteliers going into short-term rentals, creating unique experiences, buying land, building cabins, doing these types of things. So we're seeing the shift and the crossover, I think, happen massively this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, that's such a, so well said and like such a cool perspective. Um, and yeah, it, it, it is funny to me seeing these um, these conversations happen because I feel like what's at the heart of it is, and I, I don't know, I don't really know where the origin of this is, is from. I don't know if it's just like, because of social media and Instagram and like being able to being able to see like more visually and more uh, more more frequently these like incredible places to stay. I don't know if like mm-hmm. the standards of like where you stay and what you know what a room what a, either what a hotel room looks like or what an Airbnb looks like. It's just gone. It's just, like the bar has just been raised dramatically. Like I again. I, I remember like looking at Airbnbs when I was like traveling in Europe back in 2016 and like could yeah. care less to be frank about like the, and you know, I was young and I had no money and whatnot, yeah. but, but still like yeah. it, though, like Airbnbs, like they all kind of looked the, the, the same. Like they, there, there weren't like exceptionally beautiful, highly curated spaces like there are today. Like there was no, there was no like brand story for the home. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, yeah. does this place have three bedrooms, you know, two baths and like six beds so that me and my buddies can all crash right like that that was yeah that that was those were the parameters right and now we're living in this in this world where um i i do i feel like consumers across the spectrum just care way more about like the experience and the experiential design of a space and it, it just seems like everyone's standards has regardless of like what, what your standards were over the last five years and you know it feels like everyone's standards have increased um and, and expectations have increased so it's funny and like i was talking to somebody the other day about why that might be, and they had this like really interesting remark, uh, uh, um, uh, thought. They said, you know, Zach, like you're seeing younger millennials and older Gen Z now start to have disposable income and now be able to travel, right? And these, this generation, like y'all, like grew up on Instagram, and so you grew yeah. up seeing beautiful shit, right? Yeah, and so yeah. you don't want it, like. It doesn't matter if you can't really afford it. Like you will find a way to afford, you know, a space that meets your criteria, um, so that it's Instagram worthy while you're on vacation, right? Like, and, and like that—that mm-hmm. that wasn't even like he, this this gentleman who's I don't know, ten years older than me. He said that wasn't even like a consideration of of mine, like when I was your all's age. And now I feel yeah. like you all want to make sure that the place that you're staying, where you're going for a vacation, like the actual home that you're staying in is going to look good for your friends on Instagram. And I just thought, yeah. I like, I laughed, but then I was like, you know what? I bet that I bet that there's truth to that, right? Whether 100%. or not, you know, we're conscious of it, uh, you know, or not. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review. 
please. All right, guys, back to the show. No, and I couldn't agree more with you because one of the things, uh, a concept I created in 2020 was called the Destination Air Award or the Destination Air Mindset. What that is, is people are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. But what that really means beyond that definition is the property itself becomes the destination. Why do you Uh, think Airbnb shifted away from searching by market, but searching by experience, like the OMG category, castle categories, um, all that stuff. So like in 2020, I started to realize that was how we were making our money. Like we would take a property as unique as it was or as boring as it was and said, Here's our our standards of of amenities. Here's our standards of photos. Here's our standards of check-in procedures, blah, blah, blah. And now let's make it so that the guest never has to leave when they check in, even if they are here for a wedding, uh, a tournament, uh, special family event, whatever it might be. They should never have to feel like, oh, I don't have this here or I don't have the option to add this to my, my experience. So I 100% agree with you. I think we all grew up on Instagram, uh, now TikTok yeah. and all these other things that are happening. And we care about what we get to show. And I don't even think it's the Gen Z millennial group growing up and getting disposable income. Yeah, I know a lot of people, they're staying at short-term rentals. They're staying at hotels that they can't afford. They don't have the money for, but they don't care. They want experiences now. They they would rather get messed up and drink with their friends at a short-term rental than to be in their garage where it's way cheaper and technically free. Yeah. So like... You know, that's just kind of the one of the things is people don't care anymore. They they want experiences. We went through two years of complete hell of yeah. do we mask, what vaccine, no vaccine, yeah, yeah. To, borders are closed, now they're open, visas everywhere for, you know, remote workers, uh, offices trying to get people to come back and not come back. Like there was just a lot of stuff yeah. that happened in the last two years. So to be able to go into the experiential side of things. I think people are just looking for something exciting. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you that you bring that up too, Will, because I think about my own behavior, right? And my own, how I make travel decisions. And one of the things that I, that has happened with like my network of, of friends and, and family is like, we're, we're now we're now willing to like pay for a nicer space because what we say is like oh hey if we get this place like of course we're gonna we're gonna spend way more than we would have wanted to spend yeah. but we're gonna like they have a chef's kitchen we're gonna cook like delicious meals like we're gonna we're gonna you know rather than going out right we're gonna like they, they have a whole bar like let's make like really cool cocktails like and so yeah. what we end up doing is we end up spending way more time in the space right and yeah, and we 100%. justify like the the you know the higher costs uh the higher higher nightly rate because of that right and it, it's just so funny how like this shift i think happened relatively quickly um it, it and it, it probably was i'm sure it is uh due to due to covid and sort of like how people you know needed uh you couldn't go out like your, your dining options yeah. were a lot more a lot more limited right and your your your, 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 your pod, yeah yeah your pods like the people that you could be with were limited right and so you wanted yeah. a beautiful space that felt almost felt like you were at a fine restaurant or or a beautiful like hotel lobby bar right but but you weren't you were you were in a 
short-term rentals. So it is super interesting. And I, I don't think that this trend is going away. I, I really I really think like people are very interested in spending more on places that are going to give them a kind of feeling, right? That that otherwise um, they might have not even like known that they needed or, or desired or wanted uh, before. But now once they once they've had a taste of like what that what yeah. that luxurious experience is like, what it feels like to be in this gorgeous home where you feel inspired to put your phone away and pop open a notebook and write something for the first time in five years, right? On yeah. real freaking paper. Like people people <laughs> get nutty over over those experiences and, and they want more of them. Hundred percent. And the the thing too about hotels where, you know, you can book a nice hotel, you can stay at the four seasons of Ritz Carlton, but there's other people there. You don't know how they're gonna react yeah. and they're how they're gonna they're going to act around the pool. When you get a vacation home and you have your pod, you know how people act. You yeah. you don't have to guess on, can I be myself or or whatever around this group, knowing that there was going to be strangers around. That's not the case. And the, the, the cool thing is it's not going away. If you look at Marriott, one of the, actually, I'm going to call them, I, I'm a big Marriott guy my, my, myself, just as a traveler and a, from my experience. But Marriott is a leader in hotels in yeah. the world. They yeah. are they are the biggest brand. They have built the best name. And immediately, 2020 happens. What do they see? Everyone shifted away from hotels, went to short-term rentals. What did they create? Homes and villas. Boom. Yep. yep. Solving the problem. And they're not like going after vacation rental companies and trying to be com- competition. They're actually partnering with really big professional managers who have hospitality at the core of their operations, standards, all this other stuff that meet that Bonvoy kind of experience and what expectation from their members uh, have for a property. Yeah. But then you also have now, uh, I think they launched it this year. We covered it on our um, morning show, but they launched uh, Marriott Apartments. So now going into away from the the, like short stay, long stay kind of like, uh, what do you call those? Prop, uh, hotel properties or extended stays. Extended stays, yeah, so, yeah. And they're going into apartments, which is like the Uber, the urban operators. So, you know, follow what the big brands are doing. If they're shifting into this space, what makes you think, you know, um, that this would go away anytime soon? Yeah. They understand that people are staying in the kitchens, they're creating their own cocktails, their own memories. How can they bring that hospitality piece to it? And I think you know, with them shifting, a core bought one fine stay. Hilton is talking about they well we always joke about Hilton considered their adjoining rooms to become a, a big suite and all this other stuff and <laughs> dabbling with this so all the bigger brands are are going this route so it's definitely here to stay for and I think it's a great thing I think it's a blend that we all need in the industry yeah on on this note uh well one of the things I've been surprised by um is I've been surprised that there aren't like more like name brand and I've talked about this on the on the show before but like there aren't more like Marriott or Hyatt or Hiltons that are recognizable in the short term rental space and I'm curious from your perspective again having worked in the industry for a while and just you know being in the in the broader space here why do you think that that is is it is it just like really hard is it because the industry is just so freaking young like why why isn't there i mean i feel like all the the, the larger like property managers like the vacasas the like i only have negative connotations associated with like yeah. you know folks that are operators in the space but yeah. like why 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 don't i why don't i have like a marriott that i can like associate in in just the short-term rental space like what 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 are your thoughts on like why that is and are are there examples of folks that are trying to build things that you're watching um that are akin to sort of like building building like a national like short-term rental brand 
100%. And it, it does go to the answer that you kind of shared is it's really hard. Like yeah. this is, it's not a new industry. Vacation rentals have been around way longer probably than hotels. People have been staying in other people's homes for since the dawn of time. Whenever travelers would go through towns, hitchhikers, they would usually go work. They would stay in the person's home. They would get a meal and then they would be on their way. So the idea of vacation rentals, I think, has been around way longer than building a hotel or kind of an in deal. But now this is very hard op op um, operationally. Yeah. You can see Vacasa, um, not only when they went public, but to even with all of this stuff happening, they're losing owners like crazy. They're burning cash. Their technology sucks. They consider themselves a technology company when they're not. Yeah. They're a hospitality brand. Yeah. If they, if they want to shift to a technology company, they might as well just become an OTA. But um, what happens is that hotels have really come in and it's kind of like the McDonald's series, kind of like how McDonald's started as a burger company and then they realized, no, we're in real estate. Yeah. And that's how we, we become bigger. I think hotels do the same thing. Vacation rentals are newer due to the sense of how, what Airbnb has done in democratizing this type of share economy portion yeah um verbo only goes for whole hosted homes now yeah like they don't want to be shared spaces they don't want um to be airbnb type deal versus airbnb wants this to be it for everybody you have an apartment you're out of town for a week put it on airbnb you have a spare bedroom put it on you have a whole unit great do it um and so to kind of answer your question operationally it's really hard there are brands and i look at kind of two different brands in the market, urban destination. Mm. Urban wise, you have companies like Romy, which was recently called Sextant Stays, but now just rebranded to Front Desk and a few other national kind of urban operators that have the 700 plus unit count. Yeah. Sonder being one of them. Yep. Uh, the Guild, I don't know if they're around anymore, but they were pretty popular pre-COVID. Yeah. So like those urban operators are trying to do that, but realizing like, Real estate's hard, cash is insane, and you know technology piece and the hospitality core. A lot of companies went out of business in COVID. Stay Alfred, Lyric, uh, Domeo, um, Wander Jaunt shortly fell afterwards. Like, you know, it's a it's a hard business to do, especially in my opinion, the arbitrage model, the the sign a bunch of units in a building, pay the rents that's unsustainable for recessions, yeah. COVIDs, yeah. stuff like that. Like it's just not a sustainable model. It's great when the economies are great, but it's bad when economies are bad. Yeah. So I don't know. We just, I just don't think we figured out the right model. You have destination operators like moving mountains. Um, they're 200 homes, but they don't go beyond and they're all luxury, like 5 million to 25 million in, in value. They don't go beyond Breckenridge, Vale, Aspen, and and Steamboat Springs yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. So like they, I don't know. It's just I think it's really hard. And and to kind of give your listeners uh, a good name and company reference, and in this space on the traditional vacation rental side, outside of just a Airbnb host, there's a company called Casago, and their idea or theology is you can't win or build a national brand without winning at a local level. Interesting. So they are a franchise model where they acquire local operators in destination or urban markets. And, you know, there's perks and, and downfalls to being a franchise. But for the most part, this has been able to increasingly 
grow their brand yeah. on a national, international scale. Yeah. Mexico, yeah. Canada, uh, UK. They, they're getting to reach this type of Marriott status by creating standards and acquiring local operators that have met that and then letting them run their local operations the best way possible with giving them international resources. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you just like, and they're probably doing this, but then you just like layer like a membership on top of that. Right. So I, I you know, as a uh, Costco member, like can get 10%, 15%, whatever it is off of my yeah. like stay when I go stay in Miami, you know, versus, uh, versus, you know, uh, uh, Cancun or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like, like that is, that is the model that like, like I, I love communities. I love membership models. Um, it, they're really, really hard to pull off well, but if you can pull them off well, like they're exceptional yeah. businesses. Right. And so what I've been talking to folks about and thinking a lot about is like, how, how do you do this in this space? Like what, how do you have like the, you know, Marriott Bonvoy, but for short term rentals, like what, what are these rewards programs? programs that we're going to see sort of like emerge and pop up in the space. And it seems like models like that, like the the franchise model is, is going to be the first mover and shaker here just because like logistically, it's going to be a lot easier. I think about like, you know, Orange Theory, my wife and I are like big Orange Theory fans and yeah, yeah. Orange Theory, like we have our home studio, but why literally like the reason we chose Orange Theory over like other workouts were because we travel all the time and like knowing that like you can go and find an Orange Theory in like just about every city in the world um, or at least in the you know US. Uh, that mm-hmm. that was super important to us. Like we did, we would pick our Airbnbs like around when we were traveling full time. We would pick them around like you know within a couple mile radius of an Orange Theory, right? And, yeah. and the ability of like walking in and like not having to worry about anything, like it's just it's a, it's a beautiful customer experience, right? It's, it it reduces yeah. all of the friction that that that's needed. Um, and so I, I feel like the Costco, the Costco's of the world, like this is going to be, this is going to be a really interesting model to watch. And if, if successful, I'm sure will be, will be replicated. And I feel like the, the, on the other end of things too, we've talked about this before, um, on this show too, but you know, kind of like what Wander is trying to do. And, and there are others mm-hmm. like Wander, right. Where they're, yeah. where they're trying to kind of like verticalize the whole experience. They're not on Airbnb, they own and operate and they're trying to kind of manage community and, and guest experience all on their own. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and again, there are other examples of, of folks doing it. Um, but I think Wander's maybe, the, maybe the more well-known, or at least they do a really freaking great job at marketing. Um, do. And, um, and so, yeah, I'd like, any any thoughts on on those brands and and, and what what those folks are doing and uh, any any sort of like lessons that people like listening in might might be able to learn from them? Well, I was gonna say kind of to point at what you just showcased with Wander and Costago. I think Costago is gonna have a harder time. And if Ryan and Steve, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm not not dogging. I, I love Costago and what they've built, and the founders are great. But. Um, my, my thing when it comes to membership, I think they're gonna have the hardest time because not all of their properties are owned by them uh, or the, yeah. the operators that they acquire. So, you know, as an owner, if I have a property in Kissimmee, Florida, and all of a sudden my vacation rental manager tells me, hey, we are part of this program and we're gonna offer discounts and free stays and this, and the free stays aren't really free. They are paid through points and the points conversion is way lower dollar amount wise than what they probably get in normal ADR. Yeah. So as an owner, I'm probably like, why would no? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm getting $150 a night. Why would I accept a $70 a night, you know, cost to go points, right? Like I that makes no no sense to me. Yeah. And so now you have all these restrictions with and a lot of players on or not players, but a lot of people at the table. Yeah. I think the wanders are gonna have way more success, a little bit slower because they have to buy, own, and do all the remodels. I saw their documentary on LinkedIn was 
crazy on all the construction they were doing on one property that they bought and in, in, out here in Colorado. But they'll have way more success getting control of the whole experience because yeah. they own the whole experience. Yeah. They're not just a brand with contracts under them. It's it's a literal ownership piece. So I think the Wanders are doing it right. And I think, you know, if we were to predict on who's going to be the first Marriott of the the STR space, I would 100% um, you know, back anyone who said Wander um way more than Sonder or Vicasa to be honest. Yeah. Vicasa yeah, is a is a whole other story that I don't want to get into, but you know, they're <laughs> I would say Wander is going to be the would be one of the Marriott or Hiltons of of this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I I, I couldn't agree with you more there. Last minute cancellations suck, and that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. And I think what's interesting too is like when I think about uh, my, uh, like, like I'm a you know, Bonvoy member as well, and I think about like yeah. One of the benefits of it, right, is that you get to go and like stay in different kinds of like spaces and different kinds of hotels, and it, it's all different. I think the problem, yeah. like what's hard about like the Saunders of the world too, in like in my experience, um, is is just that it's it's kind of the same space, right? It, it, they all they all kind of look the same. They're all like one or two bedroom. Maybe they have like three bedroom apartments now or whatever, but like they're one two bedroom apartments in an apartment building, and it doesn't it's kind of like a hotel but it, you you lose a lot of like the amenities that you would get in a hotel but it feels yeah. like a hotel or an apartment right whereas like again uh, marriott's obviously it's still a hotel room but every hotel room you go to is like going to look and feel really different the amenities are going to be different the location is obviously different like the lobby experience like all, all that stuff is going to feel very very different right and special right and I feel like that—that's what you have to figure out. Is like you can't just you can't just layer membership on top of like same old same old property, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, same property, different city. Like that—that that, I don't know that that's going to work in this space. And so that's why for for you know the Saunders of the world, maybe even the Costco's the Costco's of the world, what what needs to happen? There needs to be property differentiation enough to make these like truly exceptional, special, uh, differentiated yeah. experiences. And I think that that to your point, like that's the hardest part. It's hard to have differentiated 100%. properties when it is kind of counterintuitive to your to your whole business model well and if you look at we i think we did the math uh michael golden my co-host of our our morning show has the actual number but um they're out of the hotel sector of hospitality there are six major brands that have a total of like over 119 soft brands underneath Wow. So when I stay at a Marriott, I can pick between a courtyard, a residence in, an autograph collection, a 
whatever, right? Um, Ritz Carlton now is part of their 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 portfolio. So you have all these soft brands tied to one national. I think for the vacation rental space to get successful at a membership, whether Wander does it or Casago or Vicasa Sonder, they're going to have to start creating soft brands. Yeah. Like you said, the, the, the space and the, the stay is going to have to be different. Um, and I, I want to give a shout out to Robin Craig and at moving mountains because they're, even though they are only local to Colorado and Vail, Aspen and Breckenridge and Steamboat, they actually are launching moving beaches, which will be in Costa Rica. Then they're launching moving oceans, which is going to be their luxury yacht charter that's going nice. to go around the British Virgin Islands. So Jeez, like, yeah, I think you you can successfully do it, but you have to do it in the sense of separation of brands, giving a parent umbrella, which we compare ourselves like HFM as kind of the same thing in short term rentals, right? Like we have an umbrella, we have short term rentals, hotels, restaurants, food and beverage, and then all the other connectors in between so yeah. like you you know that's it's very similar and in, in order to really build out that i think the like you said the, the stay needs to be different based off of that in order for a rewards kind of program membership to really form yeah yeah no so well said man um well this is this has been a a, a real treat well i could we could talk for hours about this stuff but um <laughs> yeah i do i do i just want to thank you for for your time and thank you for you know the network that you put together uh, and i want to encourage uh, anyone who's tuning into this episode in the show notes below i'll link out to hfm um as website so you can kind of find all the shows and i'll link to no vacancy and uh, str secrets since we called them out too so you can just yeah. find the pods in the show notes below go give them a listen um again the great people in the space doing really really cool things um and will again just uh we'll, we'll have your social handles too so that folks if, if you guys just want like cutting edge stuff and you you really want to understand what's happening in like you know outside of of just short-term rental space uh in particular will's um got tons of content tons of thought leadership he, his network is fantastic so uh can't endorse him enough um but thank you man for for coming on the pod it's been it's been a real privilege no, this has been super fun. I love like talking like this high level, you know, wanders, sacasagos. This is all fun, fun stuff. And um, it's just really nice to to be on a professional podcast where we can just shoot the shit and yeah. have a good time. So yeah, no, thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And we man. love having you part of the network, by the way. Anyone listening, you are doing Zach such a huge favor by being a listener. And we love having Zach. So continue to support him. Uh, just a little shout out from us to you, Zach, because you <laughs> do bring so much to what we're doing and you're always so thoughtful and just on top of it when it comes to ideas and creativity so just really glad to work with you oh thanks man i'll, I'll be sure to venmo you uh after for that for that nice endorsement all right yeah thanks everyone for tuning in Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. 
So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.